0: Why don't we create an app for women so that, you know, basically so that women could have like this woman only support network and cut to three and a half years later, I'm being taken to Australian federal court by a man who claims to be a woman. The moment that you say that I have to think you're a woman and come into a woman's space, you've made it my business and I'm not going to accept it. But I was like, no, you want a day in court. Okay. there's a huge chance that this case will go to the high court. So I have to raise a million dollars to fight for the right to say a man is not a woman.
1: Hey guys, Trigonometry needs your help. We took a big risk creating the show and for us to keep doing the incredible work that you all love, we need your support. That's the only way we're going to stay
2: independent and create content that you won't be able to find anywhere else. There is no other podcast where you'll hear interviews with Nigel Farage one week and the next week you've got Aaron Bastani, the founder of left-wing show Navarra Media on the same platform. You know the mainstream
1: media aren't honest you know they've been caught lying again and again. You know they can't be trusted. The only way to change that is to make a stand and support independent content creators, like Trigonometry, to produce better and more honest content.
2: We have big plans and we'll shortly be announcing exciting new shows and more terrific interviews with huge guests. That isn't going to happen without your help.
1: When you support us, you also get incredible extra content, such as extended interviews with none of those irritating adverts and they'll be released 24 hours early just for you. We'll have exclusive bonus interviews that only you get to hear. Click the link on the podcast description or find the link on your podcast listening app to join us. Support us and help
2: change the way we have conversations and make the world saner. Our guest today is an Australian founder of Women's Only App, which has proven extraordinarily controversial. It's called Giggle. She's called Sal Grover. Sal, welcome to Trigonometry.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Uh, It's been a while in the making. Uh, So happy to have you on the show. Uh, Before we get into it, Sal, tell everybody a little bit about who are you, how are you, where you are, what has been the journey through life that leads you to be sitting here talking to us?
0: Okay, so basically I, you know, spent a lot of time at university. I did a bachelor and almost two master's degrees. I left just shy of um finishing a master's degree in philosophy. And then I went to Hollywood of all places where, you know, academia is just so respected. But I wanted to write movies. <laughs> and um I got into the industry relatively easily and quickly in hindsight, once I was in the industry working in it became a nightmare that I was just so unprepared for. It was everything that the Me Too movement um, became about. So I, in about, uh, it was 2018, I came home. It was only going to be for a holiday. I was in therapy just trying to recover from everything that had happened. My therapist said, you should have a strong female support network in your life and that re- it was just such a life-changing moment. It just resonated with me so much. And my mom and I were speaking a lot about what I'd been through and what I was learning in therapy. And it was my mom who said, why don't we create an app for women? So that, you know, basically so that women could have like this women-only support network in the palm of their hand. And initially it was going to just be a roommate app, but we developed the idea. We were like, oh, it can be for like roommates and freelance work and emotional support, just having a voice and lesbian dating and finding friends, just anything that a woman might need to do, like on a little corner of the internet. Um, Before we launched it, trans activists discovered us um, and infiltrated the App Store and Google Play with one-star reviews, called us transphobic, um, got blacklisted from everything. I had never heard the word turf before. I had no idea what was actually going on. And... Cut to three and a half years later, I'm being taken to Australian federal court by a man who claims to be a woman and the Australian Human Rights Commission has intervened in the case on his side and I have to raise the federal court $500,000, but there's a huge chance that this case will go to the high court. So I have to raise a million dollars to fight for the right to say a man is not a woman. That's basically where we are.
2: Wow. There's obviously a lot to unpack there, Sal. So let's just go back to, to the moment where you d- decide to develop this app. Uh, it got targeted, you mentioned, before being released even. How did that happen?
0: So we were on the App Store and Google Play just doing some beta testing, you know, just before we had planned to you know launch it wide, wide. And there was a handful of women around the world, mainly like friends or friends of friends, who knew about it and we were just, you know, ironing out any little bugs, um, testing all the features and our security and everything. And basically to get on the app, so it would be female only, we had an onboarding process, which was that you would take a selfie and that selfie would go through AI and it would be, that AI would help us determine if the user was male or female, just based on a selfie because You actually can tell if someone is male or female just by looking at them. This is how it's always been.
1: Well, (laughs) there (laughs) goes our monetization. Thanks, Sal. Down the drain.
0: I remember when we we first got the idea and we were thinking, like, how would this even be possible to make an online space just for women? And when we found out that there was this technology that we could use, my thought was, oh, well, that's the least controversial way to do it because everyone takes selfies all the time and you can – yeah, you can just tell. Like, we walk down the street every day not even realizing that we're registering that's a man, that's a woman, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just its, it's so beyond, like, just subconscious second nature, or whatever. So I was really excited. I didn't know that we had so blindly yet perfectly walked into this sex versus gender war where people were saying that any man could say he was a woman and be accepted as that. I mean, we, we couldn't have... You couldn't have planned it better. And so I'm not sure exactly how the trans activists found us, but they did in that testing phase. And because we didn't have all of like the onboarding features set to how they were going to be for launch or anything, just we were inundated with thousands upon thousands of men who created profiles saying kill turfs and rape turfs and whatnot. And so that's how I was introduced to the term turf. And they left reviews on the app store and Google play, like thousands of, of them saying, you know, you're transphobic and whatnot so it was uh the 7th of february 2020 so just straight away i was like i have to find out what's going on like this is insanity and i found on twitter um that there were women like helen joyce julie bindle kathleen stock um jane claire jones glenna all these people and then a lot of other women as well speaking out going you know sort of the house is on fire Mm -hmm. and i just and uh, uh, Kelly J is the other one, sorry, that I also discovered. And I just I just started researching everything I could about it. And then when J.K. Rowling did her, around when she did her essay, that's what sort of gave me the courage to be like, okay, I need to start speaking out about this because I have a startup that's floundering and I I don't believe I've done anything wrong.
1: Um so how did this start? Was it a particular individual who let other people know on social media? Was it part of a storm? I mean, how did this begin?
0: I have absolutely no idea where that very first one began. I couldn't tell you. But I do know that, like, um, as we went on, like, so there would be, men, like, men every day would try to get on. Sometimes, like, it could be a really slow day, so they might only be 50. But then you'd have a day when it was like, thousands like and like thousands an hour like it was just crazy and they'd take the selfie so you'd see who was trying to get on and they they were just men um and sometimes there'd be this big influx and they'd be wearing gamer headsets and so it'd be like oh this must be a twitch related thing or something um but that's the most we could know sometimes there would be trans activists on twitter because i i find the tweets like um that katie montgomery individual, had done it a few times. In fact, when I was in labour with my daughter, we were under attack then and I eventually had to say, like, I can't monitor this anymore. I have to go to the hospital. Um, But, yeah, so sometimes we could trace it to sort of some trans activist online, but other times it was just like, who knows where this is coming from? We're under attack.
1: Because there was one particular individual who was the, the headliner, shall we put it. Uh, charmingly named Roxy Tickle.
0: Yeah, so Roxanne Tickle is the man who claims to be a woman who is taking me to federal court. So his story with the app is slightly different in terms of um, not being sort of someone who like sort of came in during an attack. I don't think, I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, so he actually did make it onto the app. Now I'll explain how that can happen. So with the onboarding, software that we had, we had it set to 94% accuracy because through our testing, we found that was the safest way. So no woman would get rejected, but maybe occasionally there would be a man that would come through. And our reasoning was it would be better to have to kick out some men occasionally than to not have to have any woman like just be rejected from the app. So rightly or wrongly that's what we went with. So occasionally there was like a guy that we'd get through, we'd be alerted to it or we'd see it happen. We would remove them. Um, Sometimes they would like um, fall through our checking system. We'd find them a few days later, we'd kick them off. That's basically what happened here. Um, I don't remember it at the time specifically because it was just another guy I was kicking off, but I saw that there was a guy on there and I was like, oh, off you go. And then I don't think any more of it, and then a – few weeks later I got a call and a text on my phone from him saying like this is like the first time we became like a relevant person in my life saying like, I'm Roxy Tickle trying to get on the app um I think he might have said he was trans then I'm not sure I, I didn't keep the text I just didn't think that this person was ever going to take me to court and so I because I had the phone number I just put it into our system and checked and I was like oh that's a man and I called my dad and I was like there's this guy who's trying to get on twitter open oh, on twitter on giggle and he's called and texted my phone. And my dad said, block him, block his, like, block his number and don't tell your mother. Because my mom lives in like perpetual fear that I'm going to get attacked. So I didn't tell her. And then two months later, I got a... Um, I was served with a human rights complaint from the Australian Human Rights Commission for, um, for alleged gender identity discrimination. And at this point, I was 15 weeks pregnant. So... To put it into perspective of how long this has been going on for, my daughter is 14 months old. And by the time this is all resolved, there's a good chance she'll be three, maybe four. So, wow. yeah. So... so the y- case could tickle be giggle. Just in, if anything couldn't become more of <laughs> could tickle be
1: giggle. <laughs> tickle be giggle. I mean... So there will be people listening to this going, well, you know, so are you being unfair? Why is it so important that your app is a female-only space? Can you explain to us why? Why is it so important that the app is female-only?
0: Well, if the, in terms of just rather instead of just getting into like the importance of female-only spaces, just in terms of this particular one, if the app isn't female-only, it's like congratulations. I, I've invented Twitter. Like <laughs> the the point of difference with it is it's female only. Like I mean, if I was to let men who claim to be women on, then it's not female only. And yeah, I, I've just invented a place that's exactly like any other place on the internet. So you know, yeah, there's no point to it. Um, then if you go deeper with it, um, why fight back? Is because one, it's not true. It's just not true. Like this person is not a woman, and I'm just—I'm not going to give in to that. I refuse to believe it. And second, like female-only spaces, women's rights in general—whether it's female-only spaces, women's sport and services, or different opportunities that are offered to women—they are just—they're just too important and already like hard fought for to just give in. I—I—I I, I, I can't do it. I've never really been someone who is i've never been an activist before in my life or anything like that but i'm just like no i i care too much about this but i I really am my foundation of it is it's just not true i cannot believe it and i just can't i can't let society just force us all to believe this does it
1: surprise you that australia has then essentially Oh, they're on the side, Australia or the law, the legal system is on the side of this person who claims to be a
0: woman called Roxanne Tickle. Oh my God, it shocks me so much. I, I, had, I had no idea. I mean, I was in America when the law was changed. So in 2013, what happened, we had our first female prime minister and it's her government that did this, which is just adds so much insult to injury. So as Julia Gillard was prime minister, and her government took out the definition of woman from the Sex Discrimination Act and put in gender identity into it, which made the act completely muddled because now you have gender in the Sex Discrimination Act. And so obviously it's just like this. So it's not specifically that recognizing sex is outlawed in any way, it's that. It's which one is more relevant. Now, no one has tested it in any massive way yet in Australia. Most people have been um, just intimidated by the law and the process. There's a lot of places that have just fallen to it and given in because, you know, it is so daunting. But know, yeah, I just, I couldn't because I, I mean, you guys know, it's like when you have a startup, I have invested in money. I, you know, these people invested in an app for women. It was not an app for men who think they're women and women. It was just an app for women. And I have a responsibility to these people and just to women in general and to myself. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take it all the way to fight it. And so that's what we're doing. We're doing a constitutional challenge, um, basically to try and get gender out of the sex discrimination act because it doesn't work there.
2: Well, Sal, I really want to pick up on that because it's a fascinating conversation that, as you well know, is happening around the world, not just in Australia. But I'm curious to look, I know for you it's personal, so it's perhaps insensitive of me to ask, but I do think it's important. It's a question we've discussed with uh, various people. I mean, Sam Harris, when we last had him on, he was saying, well, look, I think Twitter should be able to discriminate against anybody if they don't want this person on the platform they're free to do so. But then I suppose the question is, what if somebody wanted to create an app for, I don't know, only white people or only Gentiles or whatever, you know, called mm. Tinder or something? <laughs> uh, or, or, I think it's called 4chan, mate. For, w- w- whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, I suppose the question Francis asked you earlier I think is important to answer, which is, why is it important to have an app that is able to exclude men?
0: Yeah, I mean, apps that like some niche social networks that exclude people is nothing new. I mean, in 2010, no one was asking Grindr to, to justify why they were excluding women. We just accepted it. It was an app for gay men. Um, it's only because of the introduction of gender ideology that suddenly we have to justify all of these things because they've turned society upside down so much. But niche apps and, and, um, and websites in general exist. For everyone, I mean, in terms of like there is apps rel- that are religious based, like there are dating apps like JDate and things like that, that, that are just based on religion. And they've never been asked to justify themselves in the manner that something just for women is. And it's interesting, like when you're talking to a lot of women, like you, we just get it. And then when you're talking to men, you have to go like, how do you try and explain why, um, a woman, an app just for women would be important? No, no, I get it too, Sal.
2: I just want you to explain it for people who are, yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, the the internet is different for everyone and a cesspool for everybody. Um, It is very much an interesting place for women. Like part of the reason how we got the idea for it is when I'd moved from Hollywood to New York before I'd come home, I was looking for a room to rent in New York. And, um, in that process, like I would, you know, I was just using like roommates.com and all of those things. And, you know, there'd be these guys going, Oh, do you want, you can rent a room here for free if you walk around naked, or do you want a boyfriend as well? And it was just like, can I just do one thing without this like just something. And so it was just sort of going like, okay, there is just, is there just like just a way to just have a little refuge where we could just avoid that if we wanted to. Like, obviously there's lots of women who are like, oh, no, don't care. I can use that, but like, I'll use anything. I don't, this stuff doesn't bother me. And that's fine. But then there are women who are just like, no, I'd like to just spend some time with women, basically, and, and talk and just connect and talk to women all around the world. So, yeah, I mean, I I understand the need to, um, to justify it. And obviously, like, I mean, I'm going to have to in court, <laughs> But it it is, it is a weird situation where you're like, you know, there is an app out there right now. It's called OnlyFans. It encourages like 18 year old girls to get on there and take naked photos of themselves for like a depressingly small amount of money for most of them. And again, no one is asking anyone to justify this, but the moment it's like something for women, it's like, why, why would you want that? And I think the answer is because we do because we want it. I I don't know if you have to go, you should have to go much further than that in sort of a just in a social situation.
1: I mean, look, I agree with you. But what does it say as to the wider society, to the way that we perceive women, to the way that women are, let's say, I mean, judged in one way or another? The fact that you want to set up an app which is only for women... And for the vast majority of people, they go, well, yeah, okay, I get it. That makes sense. But to a small percentage of people, that is deemed to be offensive. I mean, what does that say?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, because most men, like most men are lovely. We wouldn't be functioning as a society if most men weren't lovely. And so most men don't even go near the thing. Like they just go, oh, that exists. Who cares? The moment a guy is trying to get onto it, you're like, "Mm, the chances of you being a lovely guy are slim to none. (laughs) But... At the same time, like, it's like, say, to use the example that I'm going through, like, Roxanne Tickle can't go on the app for the exact same reason that my dad can't use it. Like, the man that I trust more than any man in the world. So I'm not making necessarily a personal judgment on, like, the applicant in the case. It's just, they're just male. Okay, just for no other reason. Like, it just, you're just a guy.
2: We'll be back with our guest in a minute, but first we
1: want to take a moment to talk about our partners, GiveSendGo. If you need to raise funds online, but don't want to hand over your money to faces big tech corporations, then GiveSendGo is a place to do it. GiveSendGo is a leading crowdfunding website where thousands of people in the US, the UK, Australia, and Canada raise funds for anything from business ventures and medical expenses to personal needs churches, and funeral costs. On Give, Send, Go, you can raise money for whatever you need. We've met the people at Give, Send, Go, and we can tell you
2: that they're absolutely aligned with us here at Trigonometry on our approach to free speech. They've proved time and again they won't cave to the mob. They don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk, unlike other big tech companies. And that's why we are proud
1: to partner with them. They, like us, Believe that with openness and honesty, we'll create more understanding and ultimately more harmony in the world. Give
2: Send Go is absolutely free to use. With other crowdfunding sites, you'll pay between 5 and 10% of the money you raise. Give Send Go charges no money at all to use their platform. They believe you should be able to keep all the money that you raise.
1: Starting a campaign on Give Send Go is easy and intuitive. Go to give today. That's give. Sendgo.com to start raising money for whatever's important to you. And now, back to the interview.
2: Sal, do you think a lot of this is happening because we've sort of tried to pretend for a while that there is no difference between men and women? And people have sort of imbibed this idea, but actually, there is quite a big difference. And I understand, by the way, the intention of the people who wanted to erase those differences, they wanted to protect. You know what they wanted to empower women, they wanted women to get into places where power was held, et cetera, et cetera. But we somehow ended up in a place where maybe that that idea got taken to its logical conclusion, and now we're here,
0: yeah, I wrestle with this a lot because like I th- you know obviously like say feminism would be the the ideology or like the the belief system or whatever that that would be talking about here because that's what would is the one that did it. And, you know, there's there's nothing that's above criticism. So I think that it's always important to just go like, oh, hang on, did they do something wrong or did they go too far? Um, you know, I mean, I go like, even if there were just some feminists or or women who called themselves or self-identified as feminists, that they're actually not. They sort of like lost their way a little bit and sort of overthought something that didn't even need to be thought about. You just go like, yeah, but still. There was there is no feminist theory or want in society that was ever like implemented without like a massive fight. Like huge, huge fights. I mean, women to get the right to vote was decades and very traumatic. Whereas this, well, in terms of how it was just implemented into society, and institutional capture and then into laws, in stealth for most of the time, I just don't think that society went this one feminist idea. We're going to really grab and just implement with no argument and go with it and no debate, no questions. I, it just the uh, it doesn't um, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. So while like there might have been some academics who are sort of talking nonsense, I don't know if that's really what caused this. I do think I'm sort of in agreement with like Helen Joyce on this that it was like. The autogynophiles, there's sort of the sexual fetishists, especially the really powerful ones with like she calls it like the nuclear reactor in it and just that, that drive and their money and power was potentially the thing to get us to where we are now more than anything else in terms of where we are in legal capture I think because they want more than anything else to be able to go into female-only spaces.
1: And what is their argument, Sal? Because I'm sure that isn't it. What is their argument as to why they should be allowed to access your app? Is it that you're being transphobic? Is it that uh, you're not uh, affirming their identity, or is there something else? Well, if they claim to be
2: women, they are women according to the, the current definition, right? So you are you're discriminating against women. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting <laughs> Sorry. is you would, you would think then if they actually thought of this individual as a woman or any man who claims to be a woman as a woman, then wouldn't it be sex discrimination? But it, they're like, no, this is gender identity discrimination. It's like, well, the fact that you're not even calling it sex discrimination actually does prove to a point that you don't think this person is a woman either. You're just going in with an ideology that's been created. Um, they – so the the – Australian Human Rights Commission has intervened in the case as amicus curia, which means friend of the court. Um, and they're, they're definitely not my friend in the court. <laughs> um, they have intervened and said, yes, this man is a woman. Um, the submission that they, uh, came out a, a few weeks ago, I, I'm, I, I can't even articulate it. it. It is the most batshit insane 26 pages I've ever read in my entire life. It's like you're reading it going like, this is like a draft for 1984 that Orwell went, no, no one will believe this. I've gone too far. Like, let's strip it back. They literally say that um, this is the sex discrimination commissioner saying this. That sex is not binary, but it can also be changed. They, at one point, they were saying that um, a trans woman's desire to be pregnant would mean that they are a woman. And her, what on earth are you talking about? like we're talking about a man here. And so you just like, they don't really have any arguments beyond we say he's a woman. So therefore he's a woman and, and sex can be changed. So there you go. And you're like, but where's your evidence? Like that's one of the craziest things in the whole process. And I think some other people who have had to go through legal processes with, with this, with gender ideology specifically would feel the same. You're, in this position where you've got to find all of this evidence and, and, you know, argue your case and make sure you can back it up with facts. But at no point is anyone going, should we get evidence that he's a woman? And I'm like, cause that's stops there for me. Like if you're just being able to assert he's a woman, like that's just not how the legal process works in any other area. From my understanding it was always been evidence-based and you know, you just, you go like, you know, one of the things in, um, In the Human Rights Commission submission and description of the law, they're saying, you know, it's a gender identity and it's gendered behavior. And you're like, well, you know, if we're talking about lived experience or anything here, this gendered behavior is exactly how I would expect a man to behave. Like where does my lived experience come into it? Like during this process, I was pregnant. I had a 20-week scan. I found out that I was having a girl. Does that mean nothing? Like just no. It any- just
2: means you're transphobic. Yeah. Uh, but so <laughs> but I, I want to ask you: Do you think that the this is all about the invention of this idea of gender identity, and and everything else cascades down from that? We've had this conversation with many people on the show, as you know. I am very, I remain highly unconvinced that the creation of the concept of gender was a useful, a good thing. Um, And it seems to me like once you say, well, there is sex and then there is gender and you can change your gender, this inevitably follows because the concept of gender is sort of how you behave makes what you are. And then, well, then people can pretend to be whatever they want because they can wear a dress and then suddenly they are a woman.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is an argument to be made that the gender does not need to be in the law at all. And it would actually be better for society if it wasn't because first of all, you know, making, um, an identity, especially sort of, you know, just this, um, self-declared identity, the responsibility of the law is incredibly difficult and messy, but even just like the protection of sex, which everybody has, and it's, you know, easy to acknowledge and establish and everything actually does all of the work in the law so like if you are a man who wants to wear women's clothes or whatever which like I am very like live and let live even even if I don't like the reason why he wants to wear women's clothes like whether it is autogynephilia or something still I'm like in a free society I can't stop you like go and wear women's clothes the law doesn't have to be involved in any specific way because if say in a in a employment situation, you would think that if he wanted to wear women's clothes and he was told he was not allowed, it would be on the basis of his sex that he wasn't allowed because they'd be going, you're a male and so you can't wear women's clothes. But if so, that would be that would be a sex discrimination, you would think. So Yeah, I, gender doesn't need to be there. The state should stay out of people's brains like this. It, it doesn't need to happen. It should just be there to make sure society is functioning. But gender has made it that nothing is functioning like everything is falling apart everything's getting distracted because of this like the stupidest issue of all time
1: yeah and it's look and let's be brutally honest about this uh australia don't have a good record for for the last couple of years for staying out of people's lives we saw that during covid you went to use a technical term absolutely batshit as a result of that
0: yeah it's it's interesting it's one of those situations where when like when you're living here and you know you don't you don't feel it like slowly creeping in it's just very sudden you sort of wake up one day and you go oh it's god it's been happening for years um <laughs> yeah um it's unusual because Australians are pretty easygoing people we also pretty straightforward and like sort of no bullshit kind of people so but there it's definitely definitely like there is that. I mean, it's, it's like in the UK, it's like in the US and Canada. It like was so divided right now. Of basically, the people have bought into all of this crap and seem to apparently love being told what to think. And then you've got all of the other people who are like, "No, I'd prefer to think on my own." Thanks. So, yeah, I, that's part of how I missed it. Like that, it was even all happening with the gender stuff, as I was focusing on. I was sort of still in you know, on like me too bubble. Also in my online like algorithms, I was very much in like an I hate Trump Twitter bu- bubble. I didn't tweet, but I would read everything. So, so I completely missed that this was going on. And then COVID happened and I was starting to go, oh, oh, that's a bit weird. And then yeah, we all woke up to find out that, oh, hey, you don't have that many rights anymore.
2: Uh, It was weird to watch, certainly, from us. And it's not like the UK was particularly good on on that stuff either. Uh, And tell us more about how the legal case has gone and what your expectations are for the future.
0: Yeah, so we basically, he so he'd done last year, he'd done the Australian Human Rights complaint. I could have gone to conciliation with that. And that's where they, they try and resolve it outside of the courts, basically, like a mediation type thing. I'm sorry
2: to interrupt, Sal. What does this guy want? He wants to be on the app? He wants compensation? What, yes what, what, and
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and yes. And he wants a written apology and um, all men who claim to be women on the app. Um, in, in court, he's going for money as well for damages. But in initial human rights, complaint, he wasn't. I think the conditions for me to go to conciliation were that I'd have to him on the app. All men claim to be women on the app. Um, an apology, attend sex and gender education, which could only be re-education because I am very educated on this issue. Like I can <laughs> teach death class. Um, well, the, so, then-
2: so they want. Sorry, again, sorry to interrupt, but I think this is important not to skip over. Part of the things that you will do if you lose this case, you have to go on a re-education course.
0: No, no, no. this no, was in reconciliation. the reconciliation.
2: Sorry, okay. So this yeah. was in
0: the Human Rights Commission, and then the other thing was um, that they wanted me to mod- uh, moderate all content on the app so that, like, men like him would not be offended, because basically there are a lot of women just. Turfing out on there and talking about their rights, and because of course they can, they can go and talk about them without trans activists, men, male trans activists getting abused. Now, a female trans activist would be welcome to come onto the app, um, so long as she was civil and didn't harass and just abided by the rules. Like you don't, there's no like thought control or anything. No one has to agree with everything, but I mean, they basically stayed away from it. It was only the men who were trying to get on. So I said no to conciliation because I knew that I was never going to agree to those terms. And then also by this point, I was like third trimester pregnancy and I didn't, the stress of it, I was, I'm not putting myself through it, not going to happen. And so we said no to it and knowing that the risk could be that he'd take it to federal court. So then he had 60 days to file. He filed on the 61st day, or the 60th day, but just how the days felt was, felt was the 61st. Then he withdrew about a month later, which we were like, oh, basically that's a win, like we've won this. And then he refiled again about five and a half months later, like at Christmas time last year. So when he refiled again, he was what's passes out of time, like beyond like the time from the complaint to when he was able to do it. So he had to get granted permission to for the case to be heard. And by this point, I was like, like we could have really pushed back on that, but I was like, no you want a day in court. Okay. I'm not going to push back on this. Like it, it has this, we have to resolve this. And if this is the case, it's going to help resolve it. I'll take it on. Like, you know, you, you don't want to do it, but you're sort of in the position where you're like, okay, I'm just going to rise to the occasion because maybe hopefully we can just end this and we can all move on with our lives and have some normality back. So in the case, yeah, he's asking for, um, yeah, money for damages and like because how much to- money? So, well, um, I'm not sure because Australian damages work very specifically. So, like, I don't think that it's not. It's, I don't think it's like millions and millions of dollars. Although it wouldn't shock me at this point. I mean, who knows? Like, but um, but it's it's still just money. Like, it, it is a thing we just go like. It's just an app. It's just an app, and. Like I, I don't But but don't, it's not
2: though, you know that, right? Because this isn't an app. This is about the principle. That's yeah. why you that's why you're fighting it because of the principle.
0: No, right. exactly. So it's just yeah. So basically, um the other and actually this just to go back to your point earlier about um about people being able to choose who are, and is, who are, who are on their platform and who are not, and where sort of is the line with that. So for us, we built our own crowdfunding platform because we had the resources to do it, like the ability to do it. And we knew that we would get kicked off, like GoFundMe or anything like that, because they are all captured by this stuff. So like, just, we'll just, I don't want the stress of it. We'll just cut it out. We'll build our own. We have been, so then building our own, we had to put in payment systems, like so that, you know, you can just put your card details in or Apple and Google pay, or whatever. So we've been kicked off to payment platforms on the basis of c- complaints, been kicked off Stripe and we've been kicked off Square. So the crowdfunder is actually down at the moment because we're trying to find a third. We're in the process of fixing it. It'll be fixed in the next few days, um, thankfully. But at the, both of the times that it's happened, it's obviously a huge inconvenience and it's really frustrating. But I've always sat there and gone, well, if you don't want us to use your platform, I respect that. I don't love it, but I respect it. I'm not going to go and take you to court over it. What I would like is the right to do the same thing, is to choose who is and who is not on my platform. So even during this process, I've like experienced people having the rights that I would like to have. Um, and yeah, not hopefully we'll get there. And I think we will. Like I'm very, very optimistic about it because I just think I just think truth has to win out eventually. Sometimes you have to fight for it, but I think you get there in the end. It's just true, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that as well. My question is, do, and, and look, maybe you don't know the answer to this, how
0: is he getting his money? <laughs> um, so from my understanding, his legal team is pro bono because, you know, I mean, you're a big firm and it's like, oh, this is a big, you know, civil rights, human rights case, you know poor transgender woman not being allowed to go on an app. this is a big case so that's taken care of and then he also got a fifty thousand dollar grant from um it's called the brada fund which um is um like a they they fu- give like funding to like legislation challenges and and things like that so yeah i mean but in a case like this um, you know a f- federal court case $50,000 is lunch so it's not like an obscene amount of money that he's been given but yeah I mean the f- financial threat to him is significantly different than what it is to me like obviously there is no government funds that I can go to <laughs> to yeah. ask for money because I'm battling the government and they're against me so while the case is always this, like tickle be giggle it is fundamentally because of the Australian Human Rights Commission it's giggle versus the government
2: wow and uh what happens if you win do they have to do they have to rethink the law is that why you're doing this or what happens
0: so there's a few different ways that it can go so we're expecting that it's going to go to the high court no matter what because if we were to lose in federal court obviously we're going to appeal it to the high court and if they lose especially the australian Human rights commission losing federal court there's a huge chance that they would take it to the high court. So you're sort of in this now going like it's high chance it's going to go to the high court. So the high court is really where the constitutional arguments will come into play from my understanding. So if we were to win on a constitutional basis um, and it was to be found that gender being in the Sex Discrimination Act is unconstitutional, um, and part of the reason for that is with CEDAW, which like the UN and CEDAW and the, you know, um, the protection of women's rights and all of that. I'm going to have a complete brain fart of what it all stands for. But anyway, look it up. It's all very important. Um, you know, we're a signatory in that and they, you know, this is not an organization that claims that, that trans women are women and our Sex Discrimination Act is based on this. So that's what, part of where our constitutional argument comes in. If we win that constitutional argument in the High Court, it would mean that gender is taken out of the Sex Discrimination Act. So it would mean that sex is, once again, the defining factor of the Sex Discrimination Act, which is what a stupid sentence to have to say. But it would mean that female-only spaces were female again, female-only sports, and male-only spaces as well, because I think that men deserve privacy and dignity in male spaces as well. Um, it would mean that self ID was off the table. It would, it would just, it would just end it. And so, would I mean, they're not obviously going to go just slink away and be like, oh well, we gave it a shot. They would obviously try and come back and weave it through the law in a different way. But they'd be doing it where sex had been established as the important thing, and also people knowing what's going on and watching. So it would change the climate of it definitely.
2: It sounds like a really important case to me, actually, Sal, because I think one of the things that has been happening is there's a tremendous amount of uh, cowardice, actually, around this issue. Uh, and I think everybody is just looking for somebody to take the first step. And so if Australia was to come to a position as a result of you winning, where you were forced to rethink the sort of structural legal underpinning of all of this, I think a lot of other Anglosphere countries might, might then be emboldened to follow suit.
0: Definitely. I mean, it's it's like how like, you know, in the UK where you guys are in such a better position than we are on this particular issue, you know, part of the reason is because women in the UK took it to the courts and they won. Um, And we just, we didn't have a chance to take it to the courts before a lot of the stuff was done because we didn't know about it. Um, and so we are undoing some of the damage. So it is just bigger and a little bit harder, but it's still completely and entirely possible. I mean, laws get repealed all the time. It's not out of the ordinary. So, yeah, it's just it, it will be hopefully the thing that makes other countries, like especially Canada, for example, if you think of other Commonwealth countries, to make them go, oh, hang on, maybe, maybe there's something in this. I mean, just last week, a um, news organization in Australia called news.com.au, which is very much against us, um, they call me a um, a conservative media figure <laughs> all the time because- Welcome um, to the club. <laughs> yeah, but it's really, look, they, they only ever refer to me as a, like a media figure or a conservative media figure and I'm like, and why am I a media figure? What am I talking about? Like they won't give any publicity to giggle or any, like they won't tell people what I actually do. Um, but they just did a poll and found that only 4.2% of Australians think trans women are women, and like 82.5% of Australians don't want trans women, men in women's sport. It's like, this is like deeply unpopular in the public. It's just the institutional level. Like, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Matt Goodwin, who's a regular guest of ours, as you know, he tweeted something uh, recently which basically shows that support... For self-ID and all of this stuff is just going through the floor as people get more educated about the issues. And it's not surprising because surprise, surprise, it's not that complicated. This issue is not that complicated, actually. That's what it's
1: transphobes like- say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's like how the the, the trans activists try and spin it and say, like, there's an increasing amount of transphobia in society and it's not it's just more people realizing that these gender policies are nonsense right. and so you fight back against them it's like if like the transgender activism community had gone look we just are a demographic of people who you know like to appear like the opposite sex I think I think it would have been pretty easy to get people to be like oh, okay about that like most people are let live and let live don't really care if it doesn't bother me you know get on with it it's because they said that we have to believe this lie, you know, in fear of punishment that we all fought back. Like if it was just a situation, like we'd say with Roxy Tickle, I'm like, if you want to get up every day and call yourself a woman and wear women's clothes and take hormones or whatever, that's none of my business. I wish you well. The moment that you say that I have to think you're a woman and come into a woman's space, you've made it my business, and I'm not going to accept it.
1: We'll get back to the episode in a minute, but first. We want to talk to you about AG1. If you're a long-time fan,
2: you might know we've been drinking AG1 for over a year now to stay healthy and stave off illness in preparation for whenever our schedule gets really busy.
1: When we use AG1 on our Busy America tours, we've found that we feel a real difference to our energy levels and our ability to focus. So my concentration span has gone from 2 seconds to 12. That's
2: because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health.
1: Even the trigonometry team here have started drinking AG1, and they love it. Our producer was just telling me about how much more energetic he feels, that his stress levels feel more manageable now, and because of this, we're hoping he'll hear his deadlines for the first time in over five years. AG1 is
2: the supplement I trust to support my daily health. And that's why they've been a trigonometry partner for so
1: long now. If you want
2: to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try
1: AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink. AG1.com slash trigonometry. That's drink AG1.com slash trigonometry. That's drink AG1.com
2: slash trigonometry. Check it out. And now back to the interview.
0: There's more, more and more places in Australia that are fighting back. um The Lesbian Action Group, which is a Melbourne based group, they're trying to get an exemption to be able to hold a female only lesbian event like there's any other kind. And the Australian Human Rights Commission has just said no to them. Um, And so therefore... Wait, so lesbians
2: can't have a female-only event?
0: No, not in Australia at the moment. Our case will fix that. But at the moment, no, because (laughs) the reasoning is so bizarre. Um, Basically, they're all like, you know, we're just against discrimination. It's like, well, you're not because you're discriminating against lesbians right now. But you've just made a choice, discriminate against lesbians or discriminate discriminate against heterosexual men who like to wear dresses. And you made your choice. You discriminated against lesbians, so they are fighting back and willing to take it all the way as well, which is fantastic. But yeah, I mean that's that's where it is in society. Like um, uh, one of the women in lesbian action group, she phrased it so well. She said that you know she can get married now, but she can't go to a lesbian event to meet a spouse. So, yeah, like so it's like we're not going forward in society. We're going backwards at a very, very fast pace. And
1: whatever happens, I mean, to be blunt, you are going to end up in the high court because if uh, Tickle, I mean, this is just bizarre, loses in the constitutional court, he's going to take it to the high court because he's not going to accept that.
0: I would imagine so. I don't know if it would be more... um, him specifically if it would be the Australian Human Rights Commission. I would sort of think that it would be the Australian Human Rights Commission who would sort of say, you know, we're going to fight to the end on this because, I mean, they, the Australian Human Rights Commission, from my understanding of what I've read about it, they were one of the ones who lobbied for these <laughs> these laws. So, I mean, they are really there sort of protecting the law that they fought for, that they wrote. Um, and, I mean, so I understand, like, just from that perspective why they would be there fighting it for for the law, that would be probably quite a normal process. It's just that they've written a law that is so insane that, you know, they just didn't, it's like, they just didn't think of, Oh, like what are the ramifications? Because it's like any part of gender ideology. Like if you think about it for more than one second, like by the time you get to that second, second, every part of it has fallen apart because you should go like, Oh, hang on. Male rapists are going to say they're women and go, we're going to reward them by putting them in women's prisons all female only spaces and sport. All of that, that's gone. But then also, society's freedom of belief and freedom of, of speech is just gone in an instant. Like, they just didn't think it through. They were just like, oh, protect this one group. And no. That, well why would these <laughs> be protected more than anyone else?
2: Well, said. Sal, listen, I'm, uh, I want to move on to our local sections because we've got a ton of questions from our supporters. Um, but just, I just wanted to say that, you know, you and I have spoken a little bit on Twitter and stuff, and I'm really glad we had you on because I don't think I fully appreciated the significance of the case you're fighting and the potential impact, actually, not just in Australia, but in the world. So I really hope that, uh, obviously, you do win, and I, I hope that people support you. Is there a way that people can support you at the moment?
0: They, well, yes, so um, like hopefully by, by the time this comes out, it will all be up and running hopefully um, mm-hmm. in the next few days basically. It should all be back to normal hopefully. But it's gigglecrowdfund.com. Um, that's our crowdfund. And there's all information about the case and the constitutional challenge is all there. And, yeah, I mean we have 500000 Australian dollars to raise at this stage, which is just like so incredibly stressful. But yeah, I know that we'll get there, and we've had this the kindness of strangers from all around the world so far. Have been has been just absolutely amazing, and I. But the only way I can repay it back is by saying like, we'll get your rights back. It will be all cool, and then you can go around calling a man a man, and everything will be fantastic.
2: Well, it's a good cause, um, Sal. Before we go over to locals, we obviously, as you know, end with the same question uh, uh, in this part of the interview, which is,
1: what is a woman? <laughs> <laughs>
2: what's the one thing we're not talking about that we really should be?
0: I think it does sort of come back to everything that I've just been saying. I don't think we're talking enough about the fact that just like the very foundation of democracy, you know, the freedom of belief, freedom of speech, freedom of association is just at the altar of a demographic of men's feelings right now. And it's, if, if we can't talk about that and then we can't fix it. And I'm just not willing to give up, you know, just this real thing, democracy, the most important thing for these people. I'm just, I'm not willing to do it. Uh,
2: You know what? I will say this, even though I'm instantly going to fall into the feminist trap of uh, hashtag not all men, but I... I it's not men's feelings it's a very small subset of men i said demographic
0: of men it's a it's a specific demographic of of men yeah it's very
2: specific is my point
0: very specific (laughs) like whenever i talk about this deb like i'll say oh a demographic of men i'll say this on twitter and they'll be like oh not all men i'm like if you don't fit into that demographic i'm not talking about you exactly it is a very
2: specific demographic i'm just saying i think they're actually um A lot of men on your side uh and i think that's you know one of the reasons i i think progress is being made is actually is men and women coming together and working together which i think we want
0: i yeah exactly i think that's amazing and i think you know men um men men have spoken up sometimes that they've been in a position more where they're sort of they're not getting rape threats and death threats for speaking up at the same sort of rate that a woman is. I mean, there are men around the world who are losing their jobs and being punished. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to ever yeah. minimize that. But I think, um, you know, for a lot of men, that they have seen that it's n- not even just an attack on women's rights. It is an attack on our basic freedoms. And and if, even from my perspective, if that's the only reason you're coming at this issue, I'm fine with that. Women's rights will be won as a byproduct. But so it's like, if you're, if you're like, I don't really care about women's rights, I care about truth, great. Like, we're on the same team there. We'll get there in the end together, and women's rights will be saved.
2: Amen. Well, head on over to Locals where we continue the conversation, especially with your questions.
1: Do you think the trans phenomenon is a woke, is a woke fad, or is it here to stay?